It's always like the ugly people are the best players. What's your name? Michael Bantazis. I'm from the north side of Chicago. I played football at Solomon High School. I played defense, offense. I got great hands. I played football my whole life. I love it, baby. You got a Super Bowl ring. That you, you probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris? Find it. When the kitchen got hot, my hamstring was hurting. All right, it's a Wednesday morning edition of the, the Back George podcast. I feel like public radio, <laughs> NPR maybe, Wake, waking I feel, up early. I feel good, man. Getting in these it's a great takes. Yeah, and uh, Lee, Lee called me last night. I was uh, unavailable to talk due to an all you can eat wings deal. But uh, it, it should make for some nice football discussion. Once again, uh, trimming the fat. The, the three of us, uh, or even the four, I guess, including. Dolan, who's committing himself to more, to, to pen, to pen and paper, quill and feather and ink and parchment uh, on the website. Dolan's always been more of a so, uh, he, Let's just put it that way. Yeah, so he, he mentioned, uh, you know, for us to shout his work out. So go check it out, www.thebackjudge.com for all things Chowder Me Dolan. Um, and it should be exciting, though, coming home next weekend. Uh, for Thanksgiving, or for the whole week, I should say. Uh, should get some in-studio, all of us uh, not mm-hmm. through the interwebs, but in, in-person recording should be a good time. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Really looking forward to getting getting the game together. Always a good time. Um, but like, as you said, Clep, week 12, man, I mean, and, and I called you for a reason last night because we're one week in. It's not the first week of playoff machine. We're one week into the playoff machine. So we're now... Getting into these scenarios, and I just obviously going to save some of the uh, talking points for for the podcast. But um, you know, it's a shame we, we can't have our guys with us. But you know, there's nothing wrong with you know at the Badgers, we're versatile here. We're 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 liquid. We we make things work. So and, and one quick note on the playoff machine before we get into these games, you got to go to the comment section because there are some <laughs> playoff machine vets in there. There's some absolute <laughs> veterans down in the comment section talking about one, one guy's like Thanksgiving, Christmas, playoff machine, three best holidays like of the year. There, there's some some real dudes down there, our type of people in the playoff machine uh, comment section. So it's it's a really great place to be this time of year. Again, ESPN playoff machine. They keep it classic. They haven't changed that format they do. ever since Zangus. It, it's been mm. the same. So. Uh, things you, things you love to see from ESPN because they're not doing a, a whole lot of things these days that are that are too great. Including mm, that Snapchat absolutely. show. I don't know who whoever runs that sh- Snapchat show. Not a big fan of that. I've I've never watched it and I never will. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> ESPN has made some bad, made some bad moves in the past. Never should have let Cowherd go. But never uh, should have let Cowherd. <laughs> <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Cowherd wanted. Um, uh, Business opportunities. He opened that uh, burger bar. He needed uh, to make burger some moves. Oh, um, great business restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Opening a restaurant is having like having that aunt who, who likes to cook you everything you want for Christmas. <laughs> you know that aunt. She also gives you fifty dollars for your birthday. <laughs> oh man! Uh, shall we dive in here? And, we uh, shall dive in. Digress finally, from the cowherd impressions. Finally, Thursday night football gets a. Uh, it's a marquee matchup, and this is a, a game I'm really looking forward to. Colts and Texans, both six and four, both teams that have flashed somewhat and then had had weeks that maybe they don't look so good or 
you kind of have a reality check almost or the hype gets uh, slowed down a little bit. Notably the Texans, they confuse me a lot. I really expect them to be much more in a game against Baltimore than 41 to 7. I mean, they got absolutely destroyed. And if you're Houston, I feel like this is a game you have to have at home against Indianapolis. They don't have Andrew Luck, obviously. You make the trade for Laramie Tunsil, you kind of mortgage the future for him. This is a game you got to win if you're Houston. Absolutely. And coming off the embarrassing loss, like you referenced to Baltimore, um, Houston's kind of got their backs against the wall. I don't think anyone, not that it's extremely surprising, but I don't think anyone really expected the Colts to be this good. And um, they're extremely well coached. Coached uh, Brissett has been really reliable. They handled the Jaguars last week in a game that I thought might be a little pesky for them. And the Texans just, their defense has looked extremely susceptible to big mistakes. Um, Watson still doesn't have the proper protection. Uh, I don't think they really have a true second option when Will Fuller isn't in the game. And uh, their running game is extremely sporadic. So, And, and to boot all of that, Bill O'Brien is, a, is an unreliable head coach. And, it, and had uh, he not gotten a few kind of lucky breaks in a, you know, because, he, because of the decision to draft Deshaun Watson and, and Deshaun Watson putting this team on his back, essentially, I think Bill O'Brien may not be coaching this Texans team. And that, that's going to lead me to pick the Colts this week. On a, on a short week, I don't know if Will Fuller's playing. Um, I think that, you know, these are both dome teams, so I, I don't really think that the home field advantage is that, uh, you know, um, significant. And I just think this is a Colts team that, like I said earlier, man, they're really well coached. I think they have the better coaching. And I'm, I'm obviously not going to say Brissett's a better quarterback than Watson, but right now this is just a more reliable Colts team. And you see a guy like Marlon Mack go down, and the the you know they distribute the the carries and touches to other guys you know like Jonathan Williams or Naheem Hines or even Jordan Wilkins I think it is it, it, and it's almost like they, they don't really miss my old miss boy yeah and their defense too like this Chris Ballard has done an incredible job of putting this team together and I just think this is a Colts team that has proven they're definitely worthy and. The only games that they've lost that I can remember recently of their four, two of their four losses have been when Brian Hoyer has been playing quarterback for at least a majority of the game. So, yeah, I don't want to slight my Steelers too much, but they lost. This is a cold scene that lost to the Dolphins. Like, because Brian Hoyer was playing quarterback, um, you know, and I don't want to pin it all on him, but still a six and four team. Um, I'm kind of rambling here, but. Short week, and I'm kind of I'm off the Texans a little bit. I definitely still think that they're a playoff option, but I think they're I think the Colts are going to win this race in this division because although they may not do it like the sexy way and get the notable wins, they're going to be the more reliable team uh, for the remainder of the season. Um, and the, another interesting point, I guess, is that the Colts won a game in Houston last year in the playoffs too. So it's not like they're a team that's coming in. Um, that's at all intimidated by the fact that they have to play on the road here. So I'm also on, on the Colts as well. Let's go to uh, let's go to Miami and Cleveland, where Cleveland will continue the run to ten and six. Yeah, the playoff run. Um, I really want to pick the Dolphins in this game, but I'm not going to. I think the Browns kind of are clicking in a way. 
Um, definitely don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but, uh, you know, you just referenced it. This is a team that kind of thinks they can still make the playoffs. This is probably the easiest remaining game on their schedule outside of if they maybe play Cincinnati again. Um, so if they, if they even want to have a, any chance whatsoever of making themselves relevant in the playoff conversation, this is a home game they need to win against, you know, a seller team. I mean, the Dolphins have been, you know, not the gutter team I think that everybody totally expected them to be. I think they're in an interesting spot um, just overall with Brian Flores and, and the tank job that they're attempting to do. They don't give up. I mean, if you have Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback, generally those teams at least fight. Um, so I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be an easy game for the Browns. And would I be shocked if they dropped one at home to Miami? No. And if that were the case, I feel like Freddie Kitchens might be fired, to be honest. Like, I don't think that, that this is a game where you can lose. And also, it'll be interesting to see how the team responds coming off of the you know the Miles Garrett incident and the Larry Ogunjobi um, you know issue too. So and there's going to be a lot of eyes on them and seeing how they respond to that. I mean, it doesn't help to lose a guy like Miles Garrett. I know we've kind of talked about him on the podcast as someone who's overrated, but he's still probably one of the best players, if not the best player, on their defense. So it, it was just interesting last week how they kind of had a big win at home against a division rival, and then it was almost as if they, even Odell said it, they still felt like they lost the game because of how it ended and even potentially more criticism of Freddie Kitchens after the game, even though they won, than if they had just lost and not gotten in a fight. Yeah, and deserved criticism. I mean, this is an indisciplined team, you know? Um, Well-coached teams don't pull stuff like that, you know? And uh, I think this is a team that is kind of, ultimately, whether they beat the Dolphins or, you know, Barring the team saving Kitchens and them winning out, which I think is highly unlikely, I think that they're going to be moving in a new direction after the year is over. So I think that that, that fight ultimately, you know, is a huge blemish on the resume. Yeah, I mean, whatever. This game, uh, ultimately, I believe, will just be inconsequential to whatever happens uh, in the end. But I'll, I'll pick the Browns. Moving on to another inconsequential game. <laughs> uh, Matt Patricia should be fired. Oh, man, we are, are we I'm on the hill. Are we going to get into the weeds right now? I'm on the hill. I'm on the hill. I'm on the Connor Hill kind I'm, of. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I don't. I, I, I'm not yet. I'm not yet. I think you have to give the guy one more year. And Why? Because uh, uh, to take words out of Connor's mouth, we asked for the Patriot way, and just because we're not getting it overnight doesn't mean that the process, you know, isn't going to happen. Um, I don't know how much greener the grass is in terms of who the Lions could hire. I think that the offense has progressed really well, and I know that's mostly due to Bevel, but I'm not at this point where I'm just going to jump ship and fire Patricia because it seems like the right thing to do right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with riding through for one more year and seeing. This is a division with, with Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings, and the Bears, who have been kind of embarrassing recently, but still a competitive team from time to time. You, you can't I, – I don't think you can just go through kind of a gauntlet of, uh, of that division with a new coach every two or three years. And, and if you're going to fire Patricia, you better be hiring the right guy. Um, you're already into this process with Patricia – the defense has been embarrassingly bad, but we talked about it a few weeks ago. Focus on defense in the draft. 
and, and, and fix those things and can and come out next year with an, with an improved defense and basically the same offense, and I think you're going to be competing for a playoff spot. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that Patricia is definitely part of the problem, but I just am not at that point right now where I can say, you know, off with his head and, and, and tear the whole thing down because that's kind of what it means, you know. The things, the things that have angered me, though, so far to this point are, number one, even with, you know, when the offense had Matthew Stafford up until that point, the defense just had to be mediocre. And this guy is supposed to be the defensive coordinator guru guy, right? And literally for this team to be successful this year, all they needed was the defense to be okay. Like ranked 16th in the league in absolutely everything. Because the offense is that good and they're putting up that many points. So the fact that they're still giving up, that they're one of the worst defenses in the league and it's kind of ruining everything good that the offense does is disappointing to me. And the other thing that's disappointing to me, frankly, is the fact that they gave up three passing touchdowns to Mitch Trubisky, when in literally every other game this year, that guy has looked absolutely incompetent, save for the team that we're playing this week in the Redskins. So every, even, you know, even just go off the primetime games that Trubisky's played, and you look at the, the Rams defense, they're a defense that hasn't exactly been that great either throughout the year, and they completely shut a guy like him down, and it just it just is disappointing to me that it also seems like they can't adjust to anything. So in the in the Dallas game, they come out with two three and outs. They get a turnover on the first drive, and then the rest of the game, they're just absolutely getting slaughtered. And it was the same thing in the Bears game, where throughout the first quarter they were actually doing really really well, and then the Bears made a few adjustments or just kept chipping away at whatever they were doing, and was eventually able to break through. And it's also like there's not talent on this defense. You made signings like Justin Coleman and Trey Flowers in free agency. You extended a guy like Darius Slay. You traded for a guy like Snacks last year. You signed a guy like Mike Daniels for big money. Guys like Ashawn Robinson are supposed to be you know doing better. You drafted Jelani Tavai and Jared Davis, and both of those guys suck. I just don't see how it gets better going forward with Matt Patricia, and frankly, Bob Quinn in the same in the same breath. But I just feel like if Bob Quinn doesn't fire Matt Patricia this offseason, he's going to go down with the ship in 2020. Yeah, I mean, you make some good points, but I think that this is just a league where I think that to just turn things around because of inadequacies that may seem like they can't get fixed right now, but ultimately I think can get fixed with, with partially it is not drafting the right personnel. You and I were, you and I were banging our fists on the table for Devin Bush in, in, in the first round. And I know we beat the heck out of that, but it's like, what could a guy like that do for this defense? Like, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they could be, a lot. Maybe, you know, maybe they could be uh, uh, the 16th ranked defense in the league with a guy like that. And I think it's been – there have been a multitude of bad decisions and bad calls and, and, and examples of bad coaching. But I, I think that, that those can also be learning points. And I think that – I don't know. I guess it sounds a little bit gloomy, but you, I, feel like, I feel like they can work through this. I really do. I feel like not, they can work through not, this. Not to go too much like down the rabbit hole too, yeah. but it's just the, the fact that they've drafted – Jelani Tavai and Jared Davis in that they don't have a linebacker that can cover in pass coverage, and they continually put 
guys like Christian Jones on a guy like Saquon Barkley or, frankly, any other running back in the NFL. You can even go back to the Monday night game against Green Bay when Aaron Jones dropped the ball in the end zone. He was literally eight yards ahead of of Christian Jones. Mm -hmm. Every team in the NFL, except for the Lions, seems to have a linebacker who can play coverage. Slash, we have two guys in Miles Killebrew and Jalen Reeves-Maven who don't see any playing time, who maybe they can actually do it, or I have no idea. But I mean, you I even look at the, like the primetime game and get a little bit more playing time. Yeah, I mean, you look at the primetime game. The the Rams have that guy Corey Littleton who's covering, you know, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen out of the backfield with ease. There's you know, and the Lions play a guy like Leighton Vanderash who's really good in coverage as well. It's just really frustrating that I just don't understand how Jared Davis. You could have said, okay, he's an athlete. Maybe he can you know learn to be better in pass coverage, and he just ends up having no instincts. But a guy like Jelani Tavai, you just knew in the draft process he was going to suck in pass coverage, and he does. So that's just the stuff that's pissing me off. I'm going to pick. I'm picking. I'm picking the Redskins. Wow, really? You're picking the the most unpickable team in the NFL, really? You, you think this is the week they get it together? I'm going to go with the Lions here. I think the Redskins are an embarrassment, a joke, um, you name it. Uh, I don't want to – I know it's probably one of the more popular talking points of the Redskins, but that video of Haskins trying to rally the offensive linemen and them kind of smirking or, or, or brushing them off. Um, I'm not a huge Haskins guy. I never have been, but that's just kind of embarrassing. I mean, that's like a kid – that's a 22-year-old kid in his first year in the NFL and his second or third start trying to, you know – basically trying to ask what what do I need to do to help? What can I do to make this easier? And really not getting a response. I don't know what the full story of that was, but kind of tough to watch. Um, I think the Redskins are a joke, like I said, Lions win. But I do want to just finish off this point by saying, like, if you want Patricia to be fired, I didn't make very many good points to keep him. I don't think there are very many good points to keep him, aside from the fact that let's wait this thing out and give him one more year and see if they can do something. You better have an alternative plan. You can't just be saying fire Patricia for the sake of firing him. And, and I see Tommy in our Snapchat group or whatever saying like Matt rule. It's like, bro, do you, have you watched, have you watched Matt rule as a coach? Like not saying he's bad or anything, but like this dude coached temple a couple of years ago, Baylor was one and nine, seven and six. And now they're undefeated. And because they're under or lost Oklahoma, but because they were undefeated and we were having the conversation, you want Matt rule. Now you're just going to throw Matt rule into the NFL and it's going to work, right? You have to have a little bit more of a structured plan than that. You have to have a little bit more of an idea than that. I, hell, I would even say give Daryl Bevel the coach head coaching job over a guy like Matt Rule. Don't just gamble on some guy in, who's succeeded in college. You know, I, I think that that's not necessarily a formula that's going to work. Um, nothing against Matt Rule. I think he's a great coach and possibly does have NFL potential, but I don't think that he's necessarily – the, you know, the answer to, to the Lions' problems right now. So I just wanted to say that for you Lions fans out there that are listening to this, um, if you do indeed want Patricia gone, I would, I would advise you to start considering what the, what the, path, what the path would be you know, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fair point, and I would also assume that the Lions' ownership has no idea what the path forward would be, and as is why they had to bring in Ernie Accorsi from the NFL to basically run the hiring process of Bob Quinn. It is what it is. I don't really understand. You know, it's hard to know what what the path forward is right now because it was the whole. Thing. And now you're starting to see on Twitter like Jim Caldwell. Um, 
did we treat Jim Caldwell wrong pieces from the media Mm -hmm. or like fans? And it's like he needed to go too. The team wasn't going anywhere with him either. They always kind of flamed out at the end of the year and Jim Caldwell never beat a team that was, was better than the lions. I don't, there's no signature win from, from the Caldwell era, as far as I'm concerned. Um, It's just, it's frustrating because I think as Lions fans, we're so willing just to grab onto anything that is success and that is basically a six, a six seed in the playoffs, and and we're kind of happy just to be there. So I have I have no idea. It's it's a tough thing, but my overarching feeling is that I just know if they don't fire Patricia and they head into the 2020 season with him, I'll have no hope. Starting from day one, it's just I won't I won't believe in anything they do. So I don't know. I I, I beg and and just the thought the thought of drafting another draft class for his scheme. Like if we're saying we need to make all defensive picks, yeah, but but which but is what we were talking get, about. But then it's like so you you're gonna you're gonna make all defensive picks for Matt Patricia, whose scheme through two years basically doesn't work. Yeah, but maybe I don't know. You're right. You're not wrong, but they need better players on defense. You brought up the Rams. Like, I know the Rams' defense isn't great, but they have Aaron Donald. They have Jalen Ramsey. The Lions have nobody like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and. Yeah, but like, why, why don't they freaking draft him? Like, what? It's not like Bob Quinn has, has not been here. It's like, not like this is Bob Quinn's first year. I agree, dude. I, I, we, like, can, we can talk about how much how the, our. Mutual, why didn't you sign Zadarius Smith instead of, instead of Trey Flower? Like, you know, it, it's. We can talk about our mutual, uh, you know, disdain for the, for the, for the Bob Quinn drafting era. Like, I, I will go into that. Into that, the, that the, the thing there, that but, set me over the top was the fact he wanted to send a three. Three for Rashad Penny. Yeah, <laughs> that that is just beyond yeah comprehension. Yeah, man, I don't know. I, I I think that I'm getting kind of tired of the whole Patriot way thing because I think there's a reason why it only works for the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, let's trade Quandre Diggs away and Will Harris sucks. That's that's the whatever. Sorry, we should we should no, move well, on. No, let's here. move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll yeah. we'll get into we'll, some more. We'll save this it's for the, the State of the Lions. Yeah, it's draft season. Yeah, the, the State of the Lions podcast come January. Yeah. Um, the Raiders are going to the Jets, and damn, the Raiders might just end up being a playoff team. They very well it's, may. It's something I really want to see. Yeah, I mean, it has gotten to be something that I kind of want to see too. Um, what a ragtag group, man. What a, what a fun team to watch. I think that Gruden's done a great job of, of, of rallying uh, that team and, and the fan base. Um but I'm going to make the unpopular pick here, and I'm going to go with the Jets. I really like. Oh boy. I really like what the Jets have been doing recently. Um, this is a team I've kind of been chopping at the bit to, to pick in a game like this um, all year, and uh, I think Darnold is getting his confidence back slowly but surely. Uh, I think the Jets have kind of looked like the team I assume them to be the past couple weeks. Um, and, you know, I don't think that necessarily they're, you know, going to be world beaters from here on out. But they're at home. I think the Raiders are, are a team that they've played some inferior competition pretty close. And uh, they've, they've, had some, they've had some nice breaks. Um, like that Cincinnati game last week, necessarily, they didn't necessarily uh, win convincingly against the Bengals. And 
I know the Chargers are a bit better than the Jets and the Bengals, but really we're close to losing that Chargers game. Um, I think this game's going to be close in the fourth quarter, and I like the Jets to kind of get a rally win at home and, and slow the Raiders' rope a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it is it is an East Coast trip for, for Oakland, a team that has traveled a ton this year, and uh, I, just, I just can't quite quite see that happening i know the jets had a kind of a i guess a big win last week um i mean i know they're playing the redskins but they they pretty thoroughly handled them but overall the jets have still just kind of been a disappointment to me and i'm not really sure uh where they're at going forward but it would be a three-game win streak uh for them uh, if they were to win this game but i'm gonna i'm gonna pick the the raiders stick to uh, a safer selection the giants are coming to chicago and I want to hear your – I don't know how much you've been, I guess, following the, the Mitch Trubisky hip saga. I just – I guess without me adding any to the deep – because I've been, I've been all over this. Uh, what, what have you – what are your kind of premonitions from it from, from the outside? I'm glad you're handing me the baton here because I do have a good amount to say. Um, you know what? I know, I know we can't swear on this podcast. I'm not going to. So I'm going to say screw Bears fans. You guys – are ridiculous. You are surprised that Mr. Trubisky's playing this way? I don't want to be like the almighty back judge prophet, but this is this guy was never a good quarterback. He had never proven to be a good quarterback. You you fooled yourself. You fooled yourself into thinking that you made a good selection because last year a lot of things went your way and you ended up winning 12 games in the regular season and Trubisky has ever since that moment proven time and time again that he's not worthy and that he, he, he was not even near worthy to be the first pick. You, Ryan Pace thought he got off scot-free when he traded those picks to move up and draft Trubisky. He, he traded, I know they got Khalil Mack, but he traded a bunch of picks, thought that they were set, they were going to make their Super Bowl run, and now he's MIA. Ryan Pace is going to be fired. And I see someone like Big Cat on Barstool saying, fire Nagy, tear it all down. You're spoiled. Your team isn't good. You made the wrong decision. You can blame it all on Nagy if you want. I think that, I don't think that that's necessarily the direction you should go in. If anyone should be blamed, it should be Trubisky and Ryan Pace. Those are the, Ryan Pace is the, is the idiot who drafted Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't even say Mahomes because Deshaun Watson was the pick. He was the idiot who drafted Trubisky over, over Deshaun Watson. And, and Trubisky is the one who's playing... Terribly, And that's where the blame should go is the quarterback who's not good enough and the GM who drafted the quarterback who's not good enough and made moves to do so. Uh, some of the blame obviously has to go on Nagy, but I don't think it's a fire. He's, anything he's done is a fireable offense, and I think that this team would be better, way better off without uh, Mitch Trubisky and with Matt Nagy than without both of them, quite honestly. Um, so that's kind of my spiel on the Bears. Obviously, I'm tired of all the Trubisky hate now because – it's it's gotten to be like it's vulturing. It's vulturing. Just how it's how it's it's just the knee jerk nature of NFL media and how they anoint everyone. You know, they anoint everyone to this status that they're not before they before they get there, and they even doom people to a status of 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 you know negativity that they're not before they even get there. But I will say, you can you know play back the tapes, the Back Judge podcast. Since the minute he got drafted, and we were laughing. Like a couple of we were we were laughing like a couple of drunkards on that ceiling floor, 
uh, when the when the Bears took him, we got a noise complaint. Second, yeah, when the Bears took him with the second pick, and now here we are, you know, three years later, and and, and it seems that everyone else has just figured this out now. Um, I'm ecstatic about it. I'm very happy to see the Bears flutter like this because um, their fans are arrogant. They think that because they had one winning year that they're going to have winning years for eternity, and it's no. This is the NFL. This is not, you know, you can't get away with drafting Trubisky and thinking that everything's going to work because, you know, it did for one year. So um, that's my discombobulated uh, spiel about um, about the Bears and I don't know where, what direction the Bears are going to go in from here. I think. Well, just just to add a, just to add a few extra details to this hip thing. So the first thing that happens is he gets taken out of the game for the last drive of the game, down ten points, right? And in the press conference, Matt Nagy says that he Trubisky injured the hip like two drives before or something like that, and you know he just took him out because he wasn't you know good enough to play or he was hurting, right? Then Trubisky comes up to the podium and says he got injured in the second half and then says he got evaluated at halftime. And then he clarifies that he got injured in the second quarter and was evaluated by team doctors at halftime. Nagy was saying that he didn't even know about it until the second half. What head coach slash play caller doesn't know that their quarterback is being evaluated for an injury at halftime? If, if anybody on the team it gets hurt, there's a trainer in your ear telling you what's going on with them, right? Like, I don't, the, whole, the whole thing is, is just so weird. And, and I don't – and the thing is, too, if you watch the game on Sunday night, was Mitch Trubisky good? No. Was it the worst he's played all year? Absolutely not. There have been plenty of times up until this point that you could have benched Trubisky for crappy play. Before before last night or before Sunday night, Sunday night wasn't even close to the worst game he's played all year. You could have benched him in the first week of the season. You could have benched him against Philly. I don't know. The whole thing is just absolutely done. I don't know if they'll win this week against the Giants. I, the Giants' defense is terrible. Who knows if Trubisky's playing? It doesn't even matter if he does. In my book, we might get Chase Daniel again on in Thanksgiving in, in Detroit. Trubisky will never win a game at Ford Field. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to pick the Bears in this game just out of the fact that they're home, and I think that they their defense at least will have a bit more to play for. But I think this is kind of a coin flip game, two non-competitor, non-competitive teams. And just on the la- my last thing on the Nagy-Trubisky thing, like, who cares, man? I, I, I wish Nagy could just come out and say, like, Trubisky's not good enough. We shouldn't have drafted him. If it was my decision, I wouldn't have drafted him, and we're going to cut him after this year. That's what he should say because because it's over. There's no way of saving or salvaging the situation. You drafted the guy. It was a mistake. Admit your mistake. The position's too important to try to drag it on and and, and you know make make it work. So fire pace, sign Cam Newton. I don't know what you need to do, but this defense is too good to waste away right now. And, and you guys need a quarterback. Hell, I think Case Keenum would be a pretty significant upgrade from from Mitch Trubisky for that team. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't like seeing people fail in their career. But when we predict, when we predicted how bad this guy would be to a complete T, and considering the people that were drafted after him, um, I find it very, uh, very, very amusing. And uh, just a quick, quick final insider insider note: Riley Ridley doesn't know the offense. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's an insider. Because I, I, dude, I was thinking about Riley Ridley the other day because. Um, 
because I kind of liked him coming out of the draft, and I was looking at, you know, I was like, I wonder why the Bears don't don't get this guy a little bit more targets. That's, that's kind of interesting. He doesn't know the, doesn't can't, know doesn't, know, doesn't know how to run a hitch route, apparently. He's got to study up. Can't, can't, can't run a six-yard hitch route. <laughs> Jeez. Um, all right. Let's go to the, the Panthers and the Saints. Panthers are, are a team that kind of uh, kind of floundering here, especially after getting embarrassed by the Falcons 29-3 last week. Uh, they, they got beat by the Packers in, in a kind of a close game in Lambeau. And then, I mean, even the, the week before, I believe they lost. No, they beat the Titans 30-20. Uh, I, I apologize. But they're, they're a team that has kind of slowed down a little bit ever since that, that 49ers trouncing. Uh, out, out in Santa Clara, and I just I just don't believe in them too much to to win this week uh, traveling to New Orleans. Yeah, this is a, this is a hard sell Panthers team. Um, Kyle Allen has been exposed. It was a matter of time before it was going to happen. Um, maybe give Will Greer a shot if you lose a couple more games. I'd like to see him go in there and maybe see if he can if he can do it a little bit better than than Allen has at least recently. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm all on the, I'm all over the Saints in this game. Um, with the Panthers, the, the effort they put forward last week um, against the Falcons at home in front of their home 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 crowd was uh, was embarrassing, man. I know the Falcons aren't a bit of a terror recently, but to just let the Falcons do that to you, you know, I, I think that's the type of game that takes all the air out of the locker room. So I, I think the Panthers have a really tough spot turning around and going to New Orleans. So uh, I'm going with the Saints. And, I mean, even just kind of in a note that we haven't even touched on yet is that the NFC seems somewhat wrapped up already in terms of playoff picture. Both the Vikings and the Seahawks are sitting there with eight wins. The closest team is the Rams at 6-4. and four. So at this at this point, if you're an NFC team that really isn't the Rams, Seahawks, or the Vikings, I think you're kind of on the outside looking in, especially with just how mediocre uh, kind of this, the bottom half of the NFC is. I just, I don't know, teams like like Philly, they're not anything too special. Carolina, you know, like these, these types of teams, I don't trust them to go on some sort of run to end the season that can catapult them to a 10 and 6 or even 11 5 that it might take to get get one of those wild card spots i disagree man i think the eagles obviously are they're pretty bad but i think they're, they're catching a lot of flack after this loss to the patriots and this kind of segues us into the next game which is seahawks at eagles um, which is a huge game for the eagles i think and i think the eagles i would even put it in the prophecy the eagles are are not going to lose more than a game for the rest of the year i think <laughs> I think I think the Eagles right, put are it in. the Dol- they they play the Dolphins, the Giants twice, the Redskins, and then they have the Seahawks this week, and they have the Cowboys a week before last. I think they're either beating they're beating either the the Seahawks or the Cowboys. They're beating one of those teams, and they're winning out the rest of their games. I don't think they're going to lose to the Giants, the Redskins, or the Dolphins. Um, I think they're going to beat the Cowboys personally. I know that's down the road, and I don't want to get too much into that. But this week is really big for the Eagles to bounce back. I don't know how I feel about this game necessarily. Um, my brain is kind of telling me to pick the Seahawks off the bye. But I think the Eagles, I, I know that it's kind of funny I find myself in this position because out of anyone on this podcast, I was I was the last to hop on the Wentz train kind of. I, it took me a little while. I remember, you know, I was on the Redskins when, when Cousins last year. I thought they were going to be good. And then... 
Um, it took me that Wentz MVP year where he tore his ACL to kind of realize, wow, this guy's special. And from then on, I've kind of been on the, on the ship of, of Wentz being, you know, a, a fringe elite quarterback. And he hasn't been great this year. He doesn't have a consistent offensive line. There's been a lot of injuries. The defense is bad. Um, he doesn't really have a deep threat in the offense. There's been a lot of moving pieces, I feel like. Um, but I just think this is a team that is poised to make a stretch like this before the playoffs, make, make a win. Like with, with the way Doug Peterson coaches and how much of a, uh, just a rally team I think they are, I think they're going to make a push for this division, um, especially considering I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but the Cowboys' remaining schedule is not very easy. Um, we'll get into the Patriots game. They have to play this week, and then they play the Bills, Bears, Rams, Eagles, and Redskins. So it's not necessarily hard, but it's definitely not as easy as the Eagles. And with the Eagles one game behind them and they both play each other, I think that this is uh, still a two-horse race in this division. Um, and I think the Cowboys are primed to drop one of those games that they should win. So uh, you can etch it in the prophecy that the Eagles are, 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 not, are not losing more than a game for the rest of the year. And you know what? That's going to propel me to take them this week against Seattle. Interesting. Um, I think that I, mean, I think you're you're right in the sense that the Eagles could go on a run and, and win the NFC East. I just don't think they could catapult themselves into that wild card spot. Um, but uh, I'm going to pick the Seahawks at, at in Philly. I, the Eagles are just a hard team to figure out right now, and they're kind of. They are okay on defense, not great, and they're kind of okay on offense, not great. And you're kind of waiting for all of it to come together. But I'm just at this point in the season, I just don't know if it will. Yeah, no, I I, I understand that, and I it, it's frustrating because I do think that if they did have a little bit more reliability at the receiver position on offense, that things would be a lot easier um, for them. Uh, I think. You know, they really don't have a deep threat, like I said. So that really, their offense struggles to open things up. Um, and they've kind of got inconsistent play out of their running backs. We'll see how Jordan Howard's health is moving forward. But I think this is a this is a, a team with fight in it, a lot of fight in it. And they're, they're going to, as long as they're, you know, they got, as long as they're in, in that conversation, I think they're worth talking about. So... Um, a win this week would be absolutely huge for them. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the Eagles. Uh, the NFC South, they're all playing each other this week, so it's the Bucks at the Falcons. Take my Falcons, baby. Hot streak. Our, our, our two uh, NFC South darlings are facing off. Our darling, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I took a big my, – my slice of humble pie has gotten uh, – has gotten bigger with each week that passes where Jameis just absolutely just, just, you know, <laughs> there's no words. <laughs> oh man, just continually, con- continually proves that he, you know, he is not, he is not a uh, starting NFL quarterback and uh, he's got the tools, but he just doesn't, he can't put it, he can't quite put it all together. And I think the Falcons, the Falcons are playing like, if we didn't know any records and we just saw film of the last three weeks or two weeks or whatever it is, I'd be like, "Damn, the Falcons, man! There, that's that's a that's a contender right there." They still got a hey, man. If they win out, yeah. they can go nine and seven. They can maybe sneak yeah. in. If some yeah, teams everyone's got to start losing. Let's go. <laughs> um. Oh uh, yeah, but I'm on the Falcons. 
get, get some momentum for maybe I'll pick him to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, the Broncos going to the Bills. I thought the Bills, I mean, I know it was still the Dolphins, but for them to put up 37 points just in general, I thought was positive for them. Um, just a quick, I guess, somewhat, this is, a, I guess, a fantasy-driven complaint that I have, but I don't know why they don't give the ball to Devin Singletary more instead of Frank Gore. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from what Frank Gore has done over his career, but Devin Singletary is averaging five yards a carry and Frank Gore is averaging like 2.3. So I, I just don't really understand why they haven't given Devin Singletary more opportunities, but uh, whatever. Maybe he doesn't know the offense as well as Frank Gore does, or I, there's probably a good chance that he isn't as good of a, a pass blocker and that's hurting him from getting in the game, stuff like that. But still, I'd like to see Devin Singletary get a few more touches for this team because I think he could be a really exciting uh, a piece for the Bills. So, I mean, they're, they're a team that I think will probably still end up going to the playoffs, but there's a few teams in the AFC that are definitely creeping up on them, and I don't really trust them to, especially I don't really trust them to win a playoff game. Uh, and the Broncos are coming to town, and they've, I mean, that loss last week, I don't know. I mean, Vic, Vic Fangio, I feel like, you know, wouldn't let his team get too down. But that's that's a really tough one to swallow. I, 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 I'm going to pick the Bills here mainly just because they're, they're at home. It makes me feel a little bit easier. I wouldn't – this if I was still a betting man, I wouldn't be betting on this one. Yeah, I mean, again, getting into the kind of the playoff, playoff machine uh, talk here. Remaining schedule for the Bills, they better win this game, man. Uh, they got the Cowboys who are fighting for a playoff position, the Ravens who are playing like the best team in the league, the Steelers who are fighting for a playoff position, the Patriots who are the Patriots, and then they finish the year – with the Jets team that obviously not great, but probably haven't forgotten the way the Bills beat them week one. So uh, I think that there are two games the rest of the year that they're going to be favored in, um, and this is one of them. Maybe they'll be favored in the Steelers game, but it's in Pittsburgh, so I don't know. Uh, So I think this is the game that's going to decide whether or not Buffalo makes the playoffs. I'm going to go as far as to say that. Yeah, I'll jump on you with that. Do you want to put it in the prophecy? Let's throw it in the prophecy because even with their 7-3 and record, I don't think this is a team that's going to beat the Patriots. I don't think that – I mean, maybe they could beat the Cowboys. I'm obviously juiced up about the Steelers, and and I think that's a huge game for the Steelers because those teams are kind of in lockstep with their – you know, in this AFC playoff race kind of with their identity. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be the game that, that, that the Bills' playoffs, playoff aspirations hinge on. And not. Dude, they're, they're not going to beat the Ravens. They're not going to beat the Patriots. I doubt they'll beat the Cowboys. And I think that the Steelers game is a toss-up. I think they're, I think they're losing one of the Steelers' Jets. They're not winning both of those games, I don't think. I really don't think they're going I to. I think they'll beat the Jets at home, dude. The, the Jets won't have anything to play for, and they'll probably have a lot to play for. Yeah. No, that, that's probably true. I mean, week 17 is so, hard to foresee. But are, we, are, we, are we both picking them to win this week? I'm picking the Broncos. I'm going to pick the Broncos Damn. in this game. I've been fading the Bills kind of all year quietly, and I think that coming off a big win in Miami, it's a tough spot to pick the Broncos in because of how flat they must be after that loss. But – is an old-school guy. He's going to have his team prepared every week. I think the Broncos are still kind of – they still got fight in them. Um, and I don't know. The Bills definitely should win this game, but I think the Broncos are, uh, are a competitive team that's hungry for a win, and 
This is kind of just the way the NFL shakes out sometimes. So I, I'm kind of going. Do, with do the, you think that I think the Buffalo Bills will end up nine and seven? I think they'll win this weekend, and I think they'll beat the Jets, and I think they'll lose all three games to the Cowboys, Steelers, and the Ravens, mm-hmm. and, the and the Patriots. Yeah. So I think they'll end up nine and seven. That means if they, you think if they lose this game, they'll be eight and eight, which is not eight and eight will not get you in the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, I think if they lose, yeah, so. So this is a huge. I think if they this is a huge game. I think if they win, they make it. In. Do you think nine and seven gets you in? I think nine and seven gets you in. I think nine and seven gets you in because think about it. It'll be the, whoever. So we obviously have the Patriots. We have yeah, the, but dude, Indy or Houston. That's what I'm saying. Indy or Houston, the winner of that division is going to be ten and six. I think, and mm-hmm. and then whoever comes in second is going to be nine and seven. The Steelers will probably be nine and seven. I think at least the Steelers will be nine and seven, and so that'll come down to a head-to-head matchup between the Bills and the Steelers. Who yeah. wins that game. So that's a huge game. Then you've got the Raiders kind of creeping. They could come in at nine and seven. We got we can you can look at the tiebreakers for that too. Like this is going to be the Bills. Although they're seven and three, they've played the easy part of their schedule in a way that the Steelers haven't, and the Raiders kind of haven't, and. The Bills have the Bills have a have a tough road ahead of them with, with for the remainder of the season. They've got a tough road ahead of them. They've got some tough sledding. They've got some really tough defenses going up against you know the Patriots, the Ravens, the 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 you know the Steelers, and even the Cowboys. Kind of, I just think so. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going with my 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 all year fade of Buffalo, and I think this is the Bron- this Broncos game is going to kind of slip the Bills back into the Bills me- mediocrity that uh, that I've expected. If Buffalo loses this game, they won't make the playoffs. Yeah. All right, that was that was some good playoff talk. Let's jump. Let's jump to the Steelers Bengals game. I'm gonna ride with the Steelers here. <laughs> yeah, the Steelers better win this game. They better win yeah. it, man. They better win it. They really. They, they, they've they, been known to drop a road game against a crap team. So. Yeah. Well, if they they're done if they do that, they're done if they do that. They don't have the luxury of doing it. I think that them dropping the road game to the crap team was last Thursday against Cleveland. Yep. Um. I think that I think that was it, and I think they need to move on from that. God, does Mason Rudolph really just not? He doesn't excite me. He doesn't. There's there's no flash plays that are like okay yeah. there it is like yeah yeah there's nothing there um, another fantasy complaint I'd like to see them start trying to get the ball to James Washington a little bit more I think when they do that usually their offense is a bit bit more of a flow to it um, and run the run the football run the ball even with James Conner out you 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 handed the ball off thirteen times in that game yeah. And Mason Rudolph is like throwing four picks. Run the ball, fourth and one. You're trying to uh, they they tried to like they try to throw it on two fourth and ones. You got a six five quarterback. Just just run a QB sneak. I don't know. I talked about it in my weekly five last week. I, I put a little Steelers blurb in there because I was really feeling I was heated after that Thursday game because I really expected the Steelers. The, to win. Oh, the the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was talked about you know just kind of. Aired my con- my concerns a little bit about about the the, <laughs> the shouting into the void. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm taking the Steelers here. Um, I've made it very clear that I think the Steelers are going to be a nine win team this year. Uh, Tommy and I, uh, you know, we have that eight and a half bet. Um, so 
just uh, before we segue into the afternoon games, I got at Bengals, home to the Browns, at Cardinals, home to the Bills, at Jets, at Ravens. So it's not the easiest schedule to finish off, but I think they can win. I think they can go five and two in those last, uh, or sorry, four and two in those last uh, in those last six games. I think they're more than capable of doing that. So we'll see, but. Uh, but go Steelers! It's going to win in, in Cincinnati. Keep those keep those suckers uh, winless this year. Jags and, and Titans, somewhat of a, I, I guess an inconsequential matchup. I guess, but also the Titans are still hanging around, just at five and five. You never I know. Count that, the Titans out until the season's over. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You just never know. <laughs> you can't. The, the, they're just a team that can beat anyone or lose to anyone. Honestly, um, they don't have a super easy schedule coming up. But I think this is an interesting. I would venture to say that although these two teams have an outside shot, whoever I think if, I think if the Jags lose this game, that's clearly a dagger, um, a dagger to their season, their playoff hopes. Um, and I think I think you start Minshew. Um, I think the Jags and Marone said it after the game, and I noticed it during the game, they really got away from their offensive identity when Foles came in. It's almost like they didn't want to run the ball at all. They weren't giving Fournette any touches, and they were just kind of like playing like the game like they were playing from behind the whole game. Um, so I'm looking for the Jags to bounce back a little bit. Uh, I, I think the Titans... The Titans dropped the game in Jacksonville on Thursday night early in the year, so they, they're own one on the season against them. But I'm going with the I'm going with the Jags here, man. I think that the Titans are a classic team to fade after a big win or even after a bye week. I don't think they have an exceptional coaching. Um, so I think that right when you right when you think you should pick the Titans after that big, you know, and, and props to Ryan Tannehill for doing what he did in that last-minute win against KC, but but I'm going with the Jags in this one. I'm going to pick the Titans. Just because, I don't know, the Jags look so awful against the Colts. I just, I, that that was kind of disappointing to me. I really thought that they would potentially even win that game, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, at least show some, show something on offense with Foles back, but... Um, but no, yeah, I mean, I, 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 my head kind of tells me to pick the Titans, but I'm just going, I'm fading. Every time my head tells, tells me to pick the Titans, I feel like they lose. So, um, so I'm going with the heart pick here and taking the Jags and just these AFC South, just, just coin flip games, man. Just total coin flip games. Let's get into kind of the three bigger matchups of the week. Cowboys going to New England. Potentially a matchup of the, the NFL's two bigger brands uh, that they have. Um, I, I'm going to pick the Patriots, I guess, although I think there are kind of concerns about this team, especially on offense. A lot of people have been talking about that this week. Obviously, I'm never going to <laughs> pronounce them done or ineffective on offense just because I think they'll find a way to figure it out. But and they do have a, a bit of an issue with receivers and you know, Brady hasn't been playing exceptionally well. Um, but overall, I think just being at home, they're almost impossible to beat in Gillette. And the Cowboys are far from a flawless team. So I will say to kind of like be hypocritical for a minute about all the stuff I was saying about the Eagles and discounting the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys, this would be a huge statement win if they can win this game. 
just an absolutely huge statement when to say, you know what, we're not the unreliable team who's going to clearly drop a game to the Patriots and then drop a game to like the Rams or the Bears or you know whoever, the Bills or whoever may be down the road. We, we are a playoff team this year. Dak is our guy. We do have the weapons. We can go into Gillette and win a game. Um, so it would be a huge statement win. I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility that the Cowboys uh, can win this game, but I, I will not be picking them. I think the Patriots are just too much of a reliable pick. Um, and I think the Cowboys, they still do they, – they, I don't think they really are that reliable team that's going to go into New England and win that game. I, I think that it would be obviously be great for their fans and a big statement win if they could do it, but I think that in the Dak-Zeke era, they have yet to prove that they can be that team. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily know if this is the week that they're going to do it. So I like the Patriots to continue to roll at home and, uh, and make this NFC East, um, you know, two horse race a little bit more interesting with the Cowboys loss. Yeah, I think that that's pretty fair. Uh, and again, like you said, it would be a huge win for the Cowboys and probably a big win for Dak too, just, uh, overall just to, have that under your belt going into the playoffs. So that would be a huge, huge thing to have. Big NFC heavyweight battle. The Packers are traveling to San Francisco. 49ers, man, they kind of, they almost had a slip up last week against uh, against the Cardinals. Probably should have if we're being completely honest. Jimmy G was throwing a few picks. I know some of them all, you know, especially the one in the fourth quarter wasn't totally his fault going off his receiver's hands and landing in, in, in the lap of Arizona. But this, I, I don't know about this game. I feel like maybe the 49ers aren't as good as we've made them out to be. They're not. They're not. I'm going to go. I'm just going to come out and say it. And Tommy might get frustrated listening to this, but I'll give him credit. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has been a whiz, dude. He's been such a stud calling plays and making that offense work. But this is, I don't think this is a reliable playoff team. Um, and by that, I mean when they're in the playoffs, I don't think they'll be reliable. And I think the Packers are going to come in and beat them this weekend. I'm fairly confident about it. Coming off the bye, you got uh, Rodgers in those familiar uh, NorCal sun rays out, out at Levi Stadium. Um, he, he loves playing in California. You know, I think, I think the Packers are just a little bit more equipped for the moment right now. Um, definitely think it's going to be a close game, a really fun game. Um, but I think the Packers pull away late, uh, you know, with some Rogers heroics, but just a little bit more to focus on the 49ers. I mean, I think this is a team that they're still inexperienced, man. They're still kind of like learning their way. And although their resume this year has been incredible, I fear that they're going to drop a game in the playoffs. The first game they play. Similar almost to like the Rams situation in their first year. I obviously don't think Garoppolo is on that Boy King level, um, but he's not experienced. Their receivers are young, and God bless Debo Samuel, man. That guy's a stud. Like, that, if the Lions just drafted Bush and Debo, like, why, why, why couldn't they just do that? (laughs) But, but anyway, uh, Debo's been great. Obviously, a healthy Kittle helps the team a lot. Their defense has been really solid, rock solid. Um, but I just think, you know, it's one game in the playoffs, and we've, we've talked about how competitive the NFC is. If you've got a, a, you know, a Seahawks team coming in, you know, playing you in the, you know, your first playoff game, who's already won, who already beat the Cowboys in the first round or something like that, 
that's a that's a toss up game to me. Or if you got you know a Cowboys team even, or I don't know a Vikings team, it's going to be really tough for this 49ers team, I think, to make a run against uh, and beat teams that have experience like the Packers or like the Seahawks or like the the, the Vikings. So um, that's kind of a little playoff blurb. But I'm like I said, I'm going with the Packers this weekend. And the, the the Niners are also at risk to potentially end up as a wild card team. They absolutely are. Absolutely, they're what, what are the Seahawks one game back. Yep. Yeah. The Seahawks if the, if the, if the Seahawks beat the Eagles and then they lose to the Packers, they will be the fifth seed. Yeah. And the Niners, dude. I mean, just to stay on the topic a little bit, they don't really have a breeze of a remaining schedule, dude. <laughs> Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Rams, Seahawks. That's. No. That's tough, man. That's nine tough, and seven. Dude. <laughs> nine and seven, and the Falcons <laughs> getting the tiebreaker over them and making the playoffs. <laughs> that would be the that would be the greatest thing in the world. The Falcons make the Super Bowl run. Oh man, Falcons Bills Super Bowl. Book it. Save, saves but, Tommy's eighty dollar yeah. bet. Oh man, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a gauntlet of a remaining schedule. Um, very impressed by what the 49ers have done thus far, but. Just to talk in the future a little bit, because this is a potential playoff matchup, um, and I think they're going to struggle against the Packers a little bit. Um, so, uh, I think this is a 49ers team that's kind of due for a loss. And I, man, I picked the Cardinals, um, and I, man, they really should have won that game. Boy, if that Cardinals team just learns how to win games, dude, they're, you know, they're going to be so dangerous moving forward. Um, but yeah, they just can't seal the deal. They can't. They can't quite figure it out. Let's uh, move to this Monday nighter. The Ravens traveling to L.A. and I'm I'm picking the Ravens easily. And I just wanted to alert you, Matt Judon sack watch. He's at six. Yep. He's got to get four more. Dude, he's there. He's getting. I it. feel confident. I believe. Um, I'm not picking against the Ravens for the rest of the year. I don't think. Yeah, until they prove to me that I should, and I and I'm again eating humble pie on on uh, Lamar on Lamar. Um, obviously, he's shown that. I mean, boy, I was watching. I couldn't agree more with Michael Vick. He was on. Uh, I watched a clip of him on on Fox Sports talking about like. They need to keep that staff together as much as they can. Like they, they, they better hope that Greg Roman doesn't get snagged by some other, you know, as a head coach by some other team, or like the quarterbacks coach doesn't get. I forgot his name, but he's like, this is working really well, and they need to try to keep this for as long as they can. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Ravens have proven week after week that they are. Uh, Elite. They're an elite NFL team. They they're the type of team that can beat the Patriots. They're the type of team that can <laughs> absolutely embarrass the Houston Texans um, and capitalize on every mistake that you make and out coach you uh, and out scheme you. And then Lamar can just out flash you. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Ravens in this one. I, I like them to to serve up a, a nice hot L to the Rams, who are kind of grasping onto their playoff hopes for dear life. Yeah, the Rams, I, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're a really, really bad team. Uh, they, Their offense looks just absolutely terrible. They should have lost that game to the, to the Bears. If the Bears had any <laughs> – the Bears are any good, they would have won. I, I honestly feel like 
I mean, not that it would have happened, but the Lions could have won that game. I mean, the the Rams are so awful. Goff looks terrible, dude. He only threw nine, the ball 19 times. He, I mean, you you can say, oh, you know, Robert Woods and, and Brandon Cooks were out. But if you pay a guy that kind of money, you're saying, okay, this guy can, you know, make everyone around him better. We can do without because we have Jared Goff, and that's just not really the case. So, and they've mortgaged their future. Their offensive line is not that good. They started four rookies or three rookies last week in Austin Corbett. So they they don't have. I mean, their team is going to look the same going forward. And Todd Gurley just doesn't have the juice he used to have. It's just it's painfully apparent. It's upsetting. It's too bad. But he's you know an example of why you don't pay running backs. So it's it's. I don't think things are looking up in, in L.A. too for the future either. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I said Jared Goff will never win a Super Bowl, um, and uh, I, I believe that. I think that, you know, I know that's obviously like a high, you know, that's the highest, or the high, the best you could possibly do in the NFL, obviously, is winning a Super Bowl, and, you know, that's not a lot of people do it. But I, I just think Jared Goff, similar to Mitch, is just not, he's obviously better than Mitch, a little bit more capable, but not, uh, not what you want in the number one pick. Really not what you want, and although McVeigh, you know, kind of McVeigh wizarded him to you know a good year, a good couple of years. I think that it was only a matter of time before this happened, and now that it's happening, I'm not super shocked. And uh, the Rams are going to have to, you know, they're going to have some tough decisions to make within the next coming years if they want to uh, stick themselves back in that Super Bowl conversation because they they they've got a window here that they don't want to miss. Um, and I think Goff might be getting in the way of it. And I think what's uh, what's most kind of funny to me is how last year you had so many people talking about how, oh, Goff and McVay could be the next Brady Belichick. And, I mean, the, you know, I think the, the number one thing that I have learned just from doing these podcasts and, and having the website is that things like only the Patriots are, they're the exception to the rule. Everything else is so year to year. And I think the you know teams like the Rams, the Bears, are are just so uh, such good examples of, of that and how things can change so so quickly and our opinions of players and coaches can can change really quickly. Look at Matt Nagy, coach of the year last year, and, and now people are calling for him to get get fired, as you know as unfair or fair as that that may be. Absolutely, I do want to finish off this podcast by saying. Um... My two Super Bowl picks, the Vikings and the Chiefs, I've gotten a uh, very uh, well-timed bye week this week. And I wanted to say that, um, you know, I'm not jumping ship completely, but I, I don't have faith in either of those teams to make the Super Bowl anymore. I really don't. After in last week, I would say last week is the was a very telling week for me for both of those teams. Uh, for Minnesota, it was having to come back from a 20-point deficit at halftime to Denver at home, which is just something that you <laughs> – you just can't let that happen. And even though they did come back, it's just still something that you – it's a position you really don't want to put yourself in. Um, and I just think maybe I did set the bar a little high for Kirk Cousins, and, and, and I don't think he really is a quarterback that's going to take them out of what their, you know, what their usual uh, output is. And then as far as Kansas City goes, man, like their defense is, is terrible. It's really bad. Um, and – 
they lost that game to Tennessee and then can hardly, you know, compete with the Chargers uh, or, or hardly beat the Chargers in, in Mexico City and Phillip Rivers has to throw that late pick. I think if that game goes into overtime, the Chargers win. I know it's neither here nor there, but, like, the Chiefs kind of look a they look as rudderless as they've looked in the Mahomes era. Um, and I think that that's something to be concerned about. I think that the Vikings and the Chiefs both are, you know, I think they'll be in the playoffs, and I'm glad I picked them before the year, and I'm going to stick with my picks. But just showing very, you know, showing their Achilles heel in some ways um, week after week and not really improving upon it is something that, I think a formula that ultimately ends you ends up with you getting bounced early in the playoffs. Uh, just would you do this for me? Can you rank what are your top six AFC teams? Just like throw the records out the window. Yeah. And this is my one through six. This is my, Power um, rank them. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the Patriots at one because we're talking in a playoff hypothetical, and I'm just gonna say. Even though the Ravens have been so damn impressive this year, I'm going to keep the Patriots at one because they've proven to me year after year who they are. Um, stick the Ravens in at two, call it 1A even. Those are the two top-tier teams. Uh, third, oh, man, I would say the Colts, quite honestly, would be my third team just because they're the most – you look at coaching and quarterbacking – in defense, as a whole unit, they're the most reliable team, I think, that, sure, they might not make a run in the playoffs, but they're definitely going to be a tough out. I can rely on the fact that they're going to be a tough out. Um, I'll, throw the, I'll throw the Chiefs in at four because they do have Mahomes, and I'm going to grant that they'll get some defensive things together and that their offense is going to be too potent for some people to handle. Um, I'll go Texans at five. As much as I hate doing it, because I don't like Bill O'Brien, but you got Deshaun. Uh, you got Deshaun, and, 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 and he's he's a playoff player. He plays for the moments, um, and they still, you know, they got pieces. I, they're they're a tough team to beat. And then it comes down for me. I'm throwing the Bills out the window, and it comes down to the Raiders and Steelers for me. And my heart says Steelers, but quite honestly, I'm, I'm going to say the Raiders. That would be my sixth team that I would put in um, as just that that junkyard dog, sixth seed that could that could totally uproot a team like the Colts or like the Texans or like the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. I totally could see that happening. So that would be my top six right now. Um, yeah, that's tough, man. Where, where would you go with it? I'd be pretty much, I, I think, with, with you. I'd probably put the Chiefs ahead of the Indy. Colts. Yeah. Just, just purely off of Mahomes over Brissett. And if I had my choice for a playoff game, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take number fifteen. But um, I think I would have the same. I'd have New England, then Baltimore, then Kansas City, and then I would have uh, Indy, Houston, and Oakland. Because I, yeah. I mean, I agree with you that. Of course, we'd love to say Pittsburgh, but Oakland has a really, really good offense. And they do. If Pittsburgh, if, if Mason Rudolph was just a little bit more reliable, yeah, and they could and they could prove that they could run the ball just a little bit better with the offense because they've got a great offensive line and they've got a really good defense, but the quarterback play and the play calling, I would say, on offense, um, 
especially when Juju's out, it's like they really don't have very many pass catching options. They, you know, just a lot of young guys, kind of Deontay Johnson and James Washington, and you know, guys like Johnny Holton even going out and playing. You know, I, I don't know. So, yeah, not, I don't think they're necessarily a playoff caliber team. I'd love to see them just run the table and win ten games and make the playoffs, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how likely that is. All right. Well, that that wraps up this week twelve pod again next week in the studio together. Yes, Hopefully. sir. Turkey Day, baby. Looking forward to it. Go Lions. Gonna be, <laughs> gonna be sweet. You're gonna be in the den, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be in the den on on uh, on T Day. Gonna be in the den. Um, it's gonna be a little bit more, a little, a little bit more solemn than than it was last time. A little bit more uh, professional. Maybe have a couple drinks. Uh, not gonna be, not gonna be trying to get in a damn fight in the concourse like Charlie Brown. That happened. Um, Charlie Brown was like storming through the concourse, like elbowing, <laughs> elbowing Chiefs fans and saying like, "Get out of here! Get out of here!" <laughs> It's like, dude, you're asking for an altercation. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I'll be in the den, and uh, Mitch ain't winning if he's starting. Let's just put it that way. Whew.